Welcome to the Australian Chiropractors Association podcast. The ACA is the peak body representing chiropractors in Australia. Hosted by ACA President Dr Anthony Coxon, these podcasts explore the science, art, philosophy and politics of chiropractic, as well as reviewing the latest research and discussing how chiropractors can strive for excellence in practice. Welcome to the Australian Chiropractors Association podcast. I'm your podcast host, Anthony Coxon. For the most part, I guess as holistic practitioners with benefits of their care, potentially extending beyond just the management of musculoskeletal pain. However, in terms of levels of evidence, musculoskeletal space is certainly where we shine. Low back pain, neck pain, and headaches are also the overwhelming reason people first seek care from a chiropractor. While the research might be strong in the adult population, this is not necessarily the case for children. For example, not a lot is known about the effect of chiropractic care with headaches in children, not, at le- not yet at least. Well, one chiropractor is looking to change that and has recently published in Chiropractic and Manual Therapies, the effectiveness of chiropractic manipulation versus sham manipulation for recurrent headaches in children aged 7 to 14 years, a randomized clinical trial. And our lead author, Susan Lynch, is our guest today. She graduated from Palmer College of Chiropractic back in 1986. She has a Master's of Science in Chiropractic Pediatrics from Bournemouth University, with her dissertation being on pediatric headache. She shares a practice with her husband in the northern part of Denmark, where she has a practice that is a large pediatric pace uh, pediatric uh, base, I should say, uh, but also sees uh, adult patients. So she's a, certainly one busy lady. Back in 19, uh, 2014, uh, Susan contacted Lisa Hesbeck, who ACA podcast listeners will know from previous editions of the podcast. Uh, Lisa's a very pediatric, a prominent pediatric researcher in Denmark. And Susan asked the question, um, would Lisa and the University of Southern Denmark be interested in research project about children and headache? And fortunately, they were. Hi, Susan. Welcome to the ACA podcast. Hello, Anthony. Thank you for inviting me. (laughs) I'm glad to be here. And thank you for joining us from from the other side of the world. Um, Tell us a little bit about your background and how you became involved in this study. Okay, uh, shortly, I've been a chiropractor for many years, and uh, I was inspired to become a chiropractor by my brother, who is also a chiropractor. Um, you know, and then as many other chiropractors, I experienced back pain at an early age and had some help with a chiropractic treatment. And uh, then I went to become a chiropractor and I've been practicing in northern part of Denmark uh, with an expanding uh, clinical uh, experience with children. And um, so that's, that's how this evolved because uh, I see a lot of children and I think chiropractic uh, uh, gives good results che- treating children. So uh, I wanted to see if, if it could stand the test of a research project, uh, especially headache, which I did a dissertation on. Uh, I think uh, there's a lot of children with headache and, uh, and uh, it's a thing that I think chiropractic uh, gives good results with. That's, that was my clinical experience anyways. 
So uh, in 2009, like you said, I, I, I started the Master of, of Pediatrics in uh, Master of Science in, in uh, Bournemouth because I needed to expand my knowledge on, on research methods, on research reading, evaluation, uh, not to become a researcher because I am a clinician, but I would love, I, my dream was to do a pragmatic study where you know you could treat uh, the patients individually like in the clinic uh, with uh, the number of treatments they needed uh, as far as we could go <laughs> and uh, wherever they needed it looking full spine care and uh, in, in in a whole together a clinical study uh, because i think that the good experience with the the children came from being able to to treat them individually and and not in a strict and very square setup for for research so that was my dream and that's what i asked lisa uh, could you be interested in that kind of a setup and uh, and they were so so that's how we we got into to looking at it so you were looking specifically at recurrent headaches. So these are children who don't just get them one off. It's um, frequent headaches. How common uh, is headaches in, in children? Uh, it's, it's one of the most common pain syndromes in the world. And, uh, you know, uh, if you look at different age groups, uh, already around age three, you say it's about 50% or oh, oh, sorry, five, five percent of children experiencing headaches. And I think it, it can occur in, in uh, infants also. But uh, when, as the child gets older, the prevalence of headache rises. So, uh, so you know, up to 70, 80% of adolescents experience headache. And, and for, for migraines, you say it's like recurrent migraines are 10% of the children and, and tension type headache up to 40, maybe 50%. Uh, so it's a very common problem and has a, has a great impact on a child's life. Um, so yeah. speaking, speaking about that impact, there's obviously been a fair bit of study in the adult population about sort of, you know, spinal adjustments, manual therapies uh, in the care for the people with those types of presentations. Has there been, prior to your studies, there's been much that's um, looked at children with headaches and the impact that chiropractic care might have? Uh, uh there has been some, but very little, uh, you know, uh, to our knowledge, not, uh, not any other clinical trials like this one. With the size of this, there has been one other uh, clinical trial, uh, RCT, a uh, couple of years ago, uh, 2000, and uh, I don't remember the year, uh, where they did two uh, treatments for uh, cervicogenic headache with no, no effect shown. Um, then there's been some case studies and stuff, but, but nothing like this before. Right. That's the yeah. first first of its kind. <laughs> well, you certainly had a number of participants in it and, and the criteria were, were fairly strict. So can you talk about the inclusion criteria? Um, you know, how long they, did they have to have these recurrent headaches for before they were included in the study? And, and how many people you were, were you able to actually enlist in the study? Yeah, we screened about 250 children and we included uh, 199, so about 79% that were included because we, we just uh, called up for children with recurrent headaches for more than half a year, uh, at least once a week. Uh, and that's what we were looking for. You know, it's children with a significant amount of headache already. Uh, we had to have a number of headaches to be able to measure a difference also. So, uh, you know, that's how the inclusion criteria came up. And actually, we did not uh, ask for anybody with spinal problems. It was the headache that yes. we uh, invited them for. 
Yes. So what were, you, what were you looking to measure? What were the outcome measures that you'd sort of put in place for the study? Yeah, the prim primary outcome measure was the number of headaches per week, uh, the intensity of the headache on a measured scale, the vast scale from one to 10, and uh, the, the amount of medication for, taken for headache per week. That was the primary outcomes. And then the secondary outcome was the global perceived effect. How, how, yes. how did they think it was after participating? Yeah, so that's the main outcomes. Now, interestingly, you were the person who was uh, the practitioner applying the care. So it was all, yes. yeah, all up to you. Um, well done for that. Um, but to, I, I guess to have a uh, control group there, there, there were some people that uh, received standard pragmatic care, which we'll go into a little bit, but, but there were also the group that had the, uh, the sham manipulation. Tell me how you sort of uh, implemented that. Yeah, that's interesting. Very hard to be a chiropractor and not treat somebody. Absolutely. Uh, very, very weird. <laughs> Never done it before. Yes. Uh, we looked at uh, Kaibi. I don't know how if I pronounce his name correct. They did a they did a study on if it's possible to do a sham manipulation, and they came out with a fairly good result. We looked a lot at, at that setup. Uh, which was also comparing a Gunstead uh, setup, uh, you know, side posture uh, for the for the lumbar spine and a prone position for the thoracic spine and a cervical sitting for the uh, for the neck treatment. So so the sham manipulation was in those three positions, and it was the same for everybody in that group, where you just put them on the side and put a, a light pressure on the lateral gluteal uh, part of the. Uh, hip and on the shoulder and just had them take a deep breath in and put a light light pressure on and just have them get up again and then put them prone <laughs> i had a, my hands on the lateral shoulder uh, not the joints but just the arms and told them to take a deep breath in and push out uh, again and a light light pressure maybe less than half a pound and then we had them sit up in the chair cervical chair and i was standing behind them and I would put like first my left hand just on the shoulder standing behind them. And then I had a deactivated activator, if you mm. know what an activator yes. is. Yes, yes we uh, do, yep. I, I had that in my other hands. So I'm standing behind them with my left hand on the shoulder telling them to turn their head to the left. And when I did, they did that, I just clicked the activator on my own arm. Right, and then, okay. Uh, and we did it to the other side. Okay. <laughs> uh, we expected that many children maybe and especially their parents would would ask hey did it did it make any noise in there did it click or anything when the children would come out so that's how we tried to you know trick them or blind it or you know yes. we did an attempt and uh, succeeded in about 40 more than 40 percent of them so you that's know, in terms with, of they perceived that they were still getting the care they didn't realize yeah, that they were in yes, the control group. yes yes and so were these, how many visits did um, these children have that were in the sham group? Yeah, I would, I would say about planning this trial, it's, it's a little hard to, to, you know, we had, they were all in, in four months. Right. So yeah. we, we discussed, you know, how many treatments should we approximately think that we need in both groups. And it was based on my clinical experience a bit. Uh, and, you know, just, uh, we had a discussion about that, but we decided around eight treatments would be maybe an average because we had small children and we had teenagers. So the, the sham manipulation group ended up with almost eight treatments each, uh, you know, uh, in the beginning, a, a scheduled close and then 
uh, further apart, like sim similar to a, a treatment period. So, and, so that's how we. And, and obviously the, the, um, the children and the parents don't know whether they're in the control or the study group. Uh, are the parents actually in the room when uh, you're providing the care? Uh, the parents were allowed during the interview. Uh, we did in the beginning, you know, the screening uh, visit. Yes. And also at every visit, the child and parent came in and we asked them about side effects, you know. Uh, I you can get into that later. We asked them yeah. about trauma experience since last time they were here. And if they had any other questions, the parents or the child. And then uh, the t uh, parents were asked to leave the room. And then I did the static palpation, uh, motion palpation, and the treatment they were assigned to. So we had hands on everybody and talked yes. to everybody every yes. time. <laughs> and that obviously increases the rigor of the study if you're if you're removing the adults because obviously that is particularly in the area of colic that's been a criticism of previous studies yeah. that you're influencing the parents' um, perception of what's happening, um, which yeah. is an interesting concept. Now, just to, you, you mentioned before um, how it's a pragmatic design. So it, it's not, uh, we're going to adjust C1 on the left, C1 on the right and see how that goes. It, it's, it's a, you're being a chiropractor. So you're doing what we're trained to do, um, providing the care that we're trained to provide. Um, is it just limited to uh, spinal adjustments to, to, to manipulation or, or were you able to do other advice in terms of posture, exercise, um, avoiding things that might be triggers for headaches and etc. Yeah, uh, I would say in the screening uh, process, uh, before we randomized them, uh, all children get written advice about, you know, get enough sleep, enough uh, food, fluid, uh, and sit up, please sit up straight in front of your computers and uh, reduce your screen time. So that was given in written and oral advice to everybody in both groups before they, uh, or when they entered the trial, before they were randomized. Uh, during the trial, uh, the sham manipulation was the same every time. And the treatment group, you know, with the chiropractic spinal manipulation was very individual. Uh, this, it was the same type of treatment, high velocity, low, low amplitude thrust with an audible cavitation, you know, uh, at the joint identified with uh, with a reduced motion and function, so but the the joint that was uh, adjusted or treated was individual according to the child's uh, individual spinal needs, uh, and it was full spine care if they needed that, uh, and the pelvis uh, TMJs, and even if there was a an ankle or something that needed to be treated, also just like in a clinical setting, you know, yes. very individual. Yes. All right. Drum roll. What were the results? Good. <laughs> they were pretty good. It was actually uh, many children in gro both groups improved. Uh, for one third of the children, you know, more than 50% improvement. Right. And, and in the treatment group, there was like double uh, the twice as many improving significantly as in the control group. Very so that good. was nice. <laughs> yeah. So we're not encouraging chiropractors to just uh, use a deactivated activator on their arm to, to treat no. patients. They will get better results, fortunately, <laughs> if they put their hands on and adjust kids. So, I, so I double. Would say, yeah. 
sorry, I would say about the results that it's interesting that in both groups there was improvement uh, to a certain mm. degree, I think, because of the advice and the focus on it. Yes. And, and uh, uh, you know, weekly diary, uh, measuring headaches. So, uh, so that has some effect also. Yes, absolutely. But then you put the chiropractic treatment on top and, you know, then it goes even better. <laughs> yes, yes, very good. Um, so you mentioned before about your talk, you were asking about adverse events. Um, what, what were the adverse events in this case? Yes, uh, we did at every visit ask them if, if how they experienced it afterwards and if there was any kind of uh, side effects or anything. And in the treatment group, 80% of them actually reported uh, side effects. And in 70% in the placebo or the sham manipulation group did. And it, the overall most common was soreness, tiredness, headache, and it lasted for zero to two hours after. That was like 80% of them experienced uh, that, you know, and a very few did it the day after and yes. a couple, I think, the next day. And that was it. No serious side effects or events. And 80% experienced it once or 80% of the time they were experiencing it. 80% of the participants in right. the treatment group. Yes. Once, and yes. 70% in the other group. Yes. So, yes. so I, I guess that's consistent with how we would, you know, normally see practice. I yeah. know in my patients, yeah. I, I, especially when they're new patients, I'm adjusting them for the first time. Most chiropractors yeah. are encouraged to say you might feel a little bit sore tonight or tomorrow. Yeah. Um, yes. And that's a, a mild side effect expected with this sort yeah. of care, which is also a, a mild side effect you would expect if you started to exercise or do anything yeah. just about with your body. But we also, we did ask, did it last zero to two hours or a day or two? Yes. But most of them was just very few hours, like, you know, yes. within two hours. So that's short. And in your experience uh, as a practitioner, and I guess also with your understanding of the, the research, um, and this has been questions asked um, about pediatric care in, in Australia in recent uh, times in terms of the, the safety. And I guess in particular, if we compare the safety of that, um, that type of care, that intervention to say um, an option of medication for, for treatment, how would you say the safety uh, for chiropractic care stacks up? I think it's a very safe treatment. It's a very safe treatment compared to, to many other treatments where there are more side effects, you know. And uh, most of the uh, adverse events in chiropractic is, is uh, undiscovered other conditions, uh, you, you know, and a very few of it, very few cases in, in the history of 50 years. Yes. So I think it's, it's good to say it's a safe type of treatment. For sure. So, yeah. so, Going forward, what, what do you think the implications of this study are for, for chiropractors? Uh, I'm, I'm just happy it came out with the results it did because it indicates that chiropractic care should be uh, included in the, in the strategy of treating children with chiro uh, with, uh, for headache. You know, we should in be included more and we have a lot to offer. Uh, this is one study. Of course, there should be more coming up uh, in the future uh, because we did the almost the first one of this this type you know but uh, so more no more research uh, is indicated because it looks like it's a group of children that we can help uh, some of them at least 
uh, we are going to uh, investigate a lot more of the data from this study. Uh, coming up is two more articles, one on, on types of headache in this study. Uh, does that have any effect on the, uh, on the treatment uh, efficacy? And also effect modification, you know, does the age mean anything, the number of traumas they uh, experienced before and stuff like that. So we are not uh, done uh, publicating uh, data from this study, which is beginning. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, yeah. So just as far as the general picture of uh, pediatric care in, in Denmark, and I've had conversations um, with Lisa Hespec about this, and you and I were chatting about this off air just before, uh, and, and you reminded me that one in four children under the age of one in Denmark receive chiropractic uh, care, which is a huge number. And I, I can't imagine, I know that that number wouldn't be as high in Australia, and I wouldn't expect it would be any higher anywhere else in the world. So clearly, um, you guys are making a big uh, impact um, in your community's understanding of the value of chiropractic care right from the outset. So how, how does this all come about, do you think? Um, I think there's a lot of uh, chiropractors in Denmark who are interested in treating children and who are educating themselves pretty well in tr treating children. Um, and then uh, I think it's, uh, it's, common, uh, it's more common in Denmark to use, use it because... Uh, I, I think uh, it's it's word by word, you know, you have good results with it. And uh, I, I can't really say how it, other, you know, then there's the research projects sometimes, but um, I think it's a lot of chiropractors being very good at talking about chiropractic care for children and, and educating themselves very thoroughly into the treatment of children, uh, especially babies. Uh, uh, that really helps, you know, because, you know, the more you know about it, the more you see and the more you can talk about it. And it seems to me that uh, obviously um, a lot of great research comes out of Denmark and, uh, and part of that reason being that not only do you have great researchers there, but also um, through the, the system of your government, there's a um, uh, money put aside for, for, as I understand, for each visit that goes towards research. So that, that really builds that research culture. And it seems to be that many chiropractors in, in Denmark are fairly um, conservative with their claims. They, they, they obviously communicate very well, but, um, but they're not out there standing up on a pedestal and uh, saying, bring all your babies in. They just get on with doing a good job. And I think that's a, a great example, I think, for the, for, for the rest of the world. So, so well done there. Uh, is things like maintenance care, um, is that something for, that's common in Denmark also? Uh, I think it's a little bit individual, uh, depending on what kind of chiropractor you are. I think some of my colleagues uh, do uh, maintenance care and others maybe don't. Uh, I do recommend children in to come in uh, you know, during that growth up time, uh, just to see the spine every now and then, just like you in Denmark, you have your teeth looked at every half year, uh, but it is individual. As, uh, I think it's a very mixed, uh, some do and some don't. Uh, I think many pediatric chiropractors in Denmark recommend uh, to see the child every now and then, you know, and even after falls or complaints, you know, so, um, but it's not a standardized practice. 
Yes. And, and, and one more thing I would like to correct you on the research foundation. It's the chiropractors who pay into a research foundation in Denmark. Just, yes. just a little thing, but it's, it's important because, you know, this research is uh, for chiropractors. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and they have paid for it. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and I understand that that's taken automatically out, though. It's not something that yeah. they donate yeah. in. So, yeah, just, uh, you know. A great structure to start with. Yeah. Very good. Well, Susan, look, thank you so much for your time today. It's a great little study and well done for, um, I mean, it's one thing to, you obviously got a very successful practice. You do a great job, you know, with your husband in your practice, but to give back to the profession in this way is, um, is really important and you should be absolutely honored for that. So um, thank you. Thank you. And uh, thank, thank you, you so much for your time today. It's been a really interesting chat and I'm sure a lot of um, our listeners would have gotten a lot out of the information that you've uh, shared and certainly will be keen to, uh, to read, your, uh, uh, read your study. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> it was a that's pleasure. <laughs> well, that's it for me. Thanks for listening. Yes. I hope this podcast has been uh, helpful in your quest for excellence and I look forward to chatting with you again on our next ACA podcast. Okay.